0: Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds. Drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game.
1: So, I'm going to tell you probably one of my very favorite stories. Um, It was a little bit of a scary one for me. I was hunting up at the spring roundup at the Kern Feist, Mm -hmm. um, with the Kern Feist Association up at El Nora, and we had a guy, and he was kind of a quiet guy, and he was like, you know, can I spectate, and I was out with Doug Derossett, who had top-of-the-line Stephen's Curse at that time, Um, I'm not sure, he had a dog named Skeeter, and she was just, she was a coon dog, squirrel dog, and there was another guy on the cast, and and then there was me, we were squirrel hunting, you know, and Doug's dog treed, the other guy's dog split treed, and they went running, well, where we were hunting at, they had drained a lake. It was like, oh, I geez. guess it was like some of the, uh, you know, strip mines
2: mm-hmm.
1: where they, you know, and so, or, you know, they had made a lake out of it or whatever. Okay. All I know is I didn't, I didn't know this, you know, and I'm just, I'm hunting and, and they go off. I mean, they're literally, you know, how when somebody declares players with dog tree. I mean, they're mm-hmm. pretty much run into the tree and there's like this little creek. It looks like a little creek of water. And they're long gone. And I decide, okay, you know, I'm going to, I have to, you know, kind of just jump over. It's not a big deal. You know, I mean, it's just like every little creek that we all come to that you can pretty much, you know, get a little run at it and cross it without walking through it. Yeah. Well, it's it's quicksand. Oh. The bottom, the bottom falls out. And every time I move, I get sucked down even further. And my cast, there is no keeping the cast together on this.
2: Jeez. And
1: every time I move, I'm getting sucked down further and further, and I am yelling. I am—I mean, I thought I was going to die. Like, yeah. back fast, the motel was play. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and out of the blue comes the spectator. He had been kind of lollygagging and saying, you know, <laughs> just kind of walking way behind us, and he hears me and he pulls me out of this quicksand. But at this point, I am up to my chest. I Jeez. mean, I'm I almost to my shoulders in this quicksand, freaking out and. Uh, yeah, so he saved my life. That's
2: they incredible. never
1: did come back for me. I ended up having to throw my clothes away because it smelled like sulfur, like hmm. you know how that you can get that sulfur-smelling water in Indiana.
2: And
1: yep. They, I could never get the smell out. It smelled like rotten eggs. It was Jeez. so terrible. So yeah, that's they, scary. That was one of that's, my. That's yeah. good that you had
0: a spectator along. That that guy is it was behind you.
1: And they. Thank God he was behind me and not running with them to the trees. Or I i really think I would have died in at the end of that day. And nobody probably would have found me. It was terrible. So, yeah. yeah, no that uh, was probably one of my most memorable events. I tell that story to this day. And I don't think people believe me. But, you know, I mean, we all get out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we go to the woods, you know, I try to explain competition hunting to, you know, I work in education. Yeah. So these people don't know what I do. They don't understand it. And my friends, you know, I have a lot of friends that aren't hunters and I try to explain it, you know, and like with our dogs, they'll buy birds, and they'll you know, mm-hmm. place birds different places and stuff, but we are the rare breed, you know, you go to a kite, <laughs> you know, fox pen, it's all fenced in.
2: Yep. There's
1: usually coyotes in there, you know, not us. We drop ourselves off in the middle of nowhere. We hope we're not trespassing. We hope our guides got permission. <laughs> and we let our dogs go out and look for wild game. I'm like, <laughs> yep.
0: I'm
1: like. We're a rare breed.
0: We definitely are.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of my uh, more memorable memorable stories.
0: That's scary, though. So, I mean, but like I said, that's awesome that that guy was behind you it, and was able to pull you out.
1: It was. You know, he was my, you know, and what's bad is he meet so many people over the years. And, I mean, I was in my 20s at that point. I'm in my 50s now. And, like, I can picture him, mm-hmm. like, what he looks like to this day, and I can't remember his name. I feel terrible. This man saved my life. I'm a terrible (laughs) person. He saved my life. I can't even remember.
0: I can remember faces.
1: I always, uh, one of my key moves is to be like, if I have like Rose or Billy or somebody with me, I always be like, oh, this is my husband, Billy. And then the person usually will introduce themselves and it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off. But, Mm -hmm. you know, but outside of that, yeah, I can, I know everybody's name. I actually usually know their dog's name more so than I know theirs. So that's bad.
0: Yep. (laughs) No, it's funny. I I can remember pedigrees and dogs, and my wife's like, "How can you not remember to stop and get groceries or pick something up?" But you can remember, you know, five generations of a pedigree of a dog that you don't even own. I'm like I don't know.
1: It's priority, it's priority. <laughs> it's all about priority.
0: Exactly. So. well, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: All right. So I am Amy Kovac Thomas, um, and I have been involved with her dogs since I was nine. I'm fifty one now and i still have the same line of dogs out in my kennel and i'm not near as active as i was but i was you know i I, i've seen a lot of people come i've seen a lot of people go i've seen a lot of people remain um i have a lot of respect for the people that i've seen stay stay true Mm -hmm. throughout the you know years you know alan franklin i think is amazing and has an amazing line of dogs and Mm -hmm. you know people give Carl Smith a hard time, you know, with all the DNA stuff. But the fact is, is he's still in it and he still has dogs that tree. And, you know, to me, that's, that's more of what my focus has always been Mm is, you know, having a dog taking pride in what you have, not just getting a stud dog and that's the greatest stud dog in the world until you sell it or it dies. And then you get a totally different bloodline stud dog. And then that's the greatest stud dog in the world. I mean, so (laughs) I kind of like, I appreciate, yeah, I like people who, you know, commit and stick to stuff and continue to have a product oil Sherman. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are people who have been around for decades, and yep. that says a lot. You know, anytime mm-hmm. you're into any kind of animal, you know, competition, animal breeding, you will see a lot of people come and go. Yep. You know, it's phases, and, you know, and they they may have a really good animal, but it may not reproduce. I mean, look at racehorses. How many of those yep. big racehorses actually reproduce something that runs like they did? Not you know? many,
0: by comparison to like <laughs> we have a lot better luck in the in the tree dogs. I think.
1: I think we do too. I think it's because we have um, a shorter gestation period. Very you true. You know, my dad my dad bred pigeons, and uh, John Saunders actually just I tried to cross my dog. I'm not sure she's bred. It's She's either going to have one or two puppies or she's having a really great false pregnancy. But you know, his dad and my dad used to raise pigeons when we were little,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even before we knew that everybody was going to be into hunting dogs <laughs> and they were, they were top of their, of their line, you know, and I think it's, they could produce so many generations in such a short time. Yeah. You know, it, it helps figure out a breeding program. So right. I think that's why with dogs
0: mm-hmm. it
1: makes it different.
0: And also litter size where with a horse, it's like you get one. Mm -hmm. Where with dogs, you know, yeah, you might have one or two, but you can have the potential for nine or ten. Oh, yeah. So, I got into cur dogs mm, 12, 13 years ago, maybe 14 years ago, something like that. But prior to even getting into them, I was in high school and, you know, Squirrel Dog Central and Squirrel Haters and the forums were all big. And I lived on them. And like people had, you know, this is the days when people actually had a personal website and yep. I studied your family's website and your line of dogs. I wanted one. And at that time, like I said, I was in high school. I really didn't know much. Didn't know dog haulers existed. So like, I'm thinking the only way you gotta, I could get one is to drive all the way to Missouri from Pennsylvania. So that's why I never did. Cause I was like, didn't realize dog haulers were a thing. And, uh, Cause I, I really liked the look of your dogs. I liked, I always thought tree curs, which that's what we're going to talk about a lot here today is, and kind of how they got started. But your line of tree curs, and I always really liked the looks of your dogs. I liked the history of your dogs and you guys had a really good story and that was what I really liked. And I liked, and at that point you'd already had your dogs for many years. Like I said, this is 10 years ago and you said, you've been in this for 40 years. So you'd had 30 years of history already there. So that was something I really, I liked. It showed, like you said, the commitment.
1: Well, I appreciate that. L-
0: let's talk a little bit about your line of dogs, if you don't mind, or actually. Sure. Before we get into your line of dogs, let's start with what a tree cur is, because I think that'll be a little, make a little more sense once we start talking about your line of dogs.
1: <laughs> so tree curves have always been somewhat controversial. <laughs> um, like I said, we are started with a Walker-Steven's Frost. Mm-hmm. So I've all, we've always had hound in our dogs, always.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we bred to the mountain curds and then, you know, eventually we went back to the hounds and stuff, but a train cur was, was the first train cur. Let me tell you about the first train cur that NKC registered. It was actually an Airedale hound cross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it wasn't even a cur cross.
0: It was a hairy <laughs> was a- brindle. Yeah. I don't know, probably 70 pound fuzzy looking. Weird. I'm not, he looked weird.
1: Yeah. Melvin Hopper, you know. And, and so we, you know, like when we were able to register with NKC, which was the very first registry to allow for train curves. And train curves were basically created to allow if you had a good Stevens cur and you crossed it, you know, to a Tennessee train brindle or a mountain curve, you, you know, you crossed. Mm. Or, you know, like with us, we had Hound. There was there was no stipulation of, you know, what those two breeds had to be as long as they were tree dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had to have a tree dog in there. So, you know, that's where our opening came in because, like, you know, you said, we had had the dogs for a very long time before we ever were able to register them and start competing with them. And, um, you know, so that's where the train first came from. Then somewhere... In the midst of all this, um, probably I guess about 20 years ago, there there came to be a push where the current fights didn't want hound in them anymore. Okay, and and I I'll be honest with you I got banned from the 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 National Current Fights Association
2: Hmm.
1: um, for you know Doyle Sherman you know a lot of us were up there I think Chuck Berry was the president Um, you know there were a lot of people who were against the train curs having some hound in them and I was like guys you know like the very first train cur had a hound in it yeah you know and that was after we had bred to like rat attack and x-factor and mm-hmm. you know I think because we went to these big name hounds, it kind of put a spotlight on us that we were breeding hound into beast dogs but really all we were doing was going back to you know what we had originated with and then of after we did that, we went back in, you know, and I, I mean, that's just a breeding program. I don't think my dogs have ever looked, you know, so houndy that you would be like, I don't know if there's any cur in there whatsoever. You know, I've Mm -hmm. always, we've always had the big chested. I mean, we still have natural bobs in our dogs, Yeah. you know, I have three females down there and every single one of them has a natural bob tail. That's kind of something that I, I personally just keep alive because I think it's something special in our cur dogs Mm -hmm. that, I don't want to lose that gene yeah. of producing that so that whenever I keep a female, that is kind of one of my stipulations. But, so there was, a my brother was working for UKC and, you know, there was a lot of fear that, you know, with UKC that we, I would push to cause I was, you know, involved with the current vice the vice president pushed it, tra- you know, change the hunt format from NKC to UKC. And there was just a lot of controversy and I'll be honest with you, like, the, the websites that you talk about, mm-hmm. they were controversial. They, you know, there was a lot of, a yeah. lot of hate going on and a lot of stuff being said and, oh, I know. you know, it was, it was really hard to deal with. And I'm just, I don't, I'm I'm not going to deal with that. I just, I would rather be quiet. It, it's never mattered to me whether we, I mean, whether we had a world champion, which we've had, you know, several of those or whether they, I was just hunting my dogs on my farm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I, you know, kinda got caught up in the politics of it, but then you kinda get to the point where you're like, Really? The small mindedness <laughs> of some of the people on some of those things, I just I just didn't go on. Yeah. Like I couldn't even say anything without being dumb. You know, yes. and I was just like it was it was pretty it was tough. It was yeah. it was hard, you know. And I'm a woman in the sport too, which doesn't help and I was a woman going through a divorce, which doesn't help either and um, you know, it just to me it was better just to you know I made a kind of a fresh start with PKC because they had the squirrel dog, you know program at that time and then shows and nobody knew me and I liked (laughs) not being known and now everybody knows me and PKC again (laughs) I my husband always said I like when I they changed my job he said could you just be mediocre at something could you just go in (laughs) and just do the bare minimums and I'm like not in my nature not in my dad's nature it's not in my brother's nature it's not in my nature <laughs> just, we we're just not mediocre people like if That's we funny. do something we want to do it with total dedication and mm-hmm. you know put our all into it so that but with shows. the train curves yeah but the train curves it was you know like i said we we've always just been very honest i mean and i'm going to be very honest with you there were times where we were in the very beginning my dad was offered Mountain cur papers for our dogs. Yeah. And we we didn't take them.
0: them. Because your early dogs, they looked a lot like mountain curves. Oh, yeah. I mean, other than the first female, I would say everything else I remember seeing a picture of looked like a mountain cur.
1: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Outside of that first one.
0: And they all were, you know, what, three quarter or more? Yeah. So it was expensive.
1: Yeah. You know, I guess that's where. You know, and and maybe I'd be in a different spot, you know. Maybe if I had those elusive OMCBA papers on the train curves, I'd be further along. But, you know, I mean, Doyle Sherman could have probably done the same thing. But, you know, it, it's just there's going to be people that are going to go on bandwagons and they're going to. It's just like horses. You know, mm-hmm. I always say horses because my husband's into horses. So I know outside of dogs, I feel like my <laughs> father-in-law trained horses and competed. So okay. we have a lot of like animal husbandry yeah. in our home you know, but you see the similarities. Like horses. yeah, you know, you get fake papers on horses, but mm-hmm. what does, what does that do? It yeah. doesn't, doesn't benefit anybody. Oh. You know, I've I've got two labs here and I have to hope that their pedigree is accurate. You know, I didn't, you know, raise any dogs, you know, from them beforehand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm I'm trusting the breeders before me, just like other people do when they get into our sport. And so, you know, I just, I don't want to lie about it. They're, they're tree and That's yep. what they are, you know? So if somebody has had the, the blessing of not having anything diluted by someone else, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them because that's really how it should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that we kind of have defined the tree and we've even talked a little bit about your line. Let's actually delve into your line if you don't mind um, where it started and kind of how it progressed.
1: So, like I said, started with the the Walker Stevens and then it was, Stevens onto that, and then it was Mountain Curse onto that female, and then we out-crossed those to, um, that's when we started doing the high-power dogs. You know, we did Rock River Gap, we did X-Jr., we did, you know, Rat Attack, we did um, an English cross that went back to, like, Grizzly and, and the Wildflower Dogs, and that was actually one of our really, really good crosses. You know, my dad, you know, if there was a good dog out there, you know, I mean, a well-known dog. And my brother was instrumental in the research behind dogs.
2: Okay. He is,
1: he, he raises chickens now. Mm-hmm. And um, when he does something, he does it 100%. You know, he's checking the genetics. He's looking, you know, he would look at the reproduction numbers and the, you know, percentage of pups on the ground and pups that had made, you know, you know, champion titles. and so. We never bred to a dog that wasn't a good, a proven reproducer to whatever degree that you can, you know, look at statistic wise on paper. So, you know, and then, you know, like here recently, you know, when I, I took frozen semen, I had my rat dog selected and we still have semen on him and Shamrock and um, X or X Factor. Okay. So when I crossed knew I, I had it and I knew I wanted to cross on to Alan Franklin's dogs because they're dual dogs. They're squirrel and spoon dogs. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's been around for general you know, decades. Yeah. He's got generations of dogs that, you know, reproduce. So I had made a deal with a guy. I gave him a puppy and said, Hey, down the line I want a puppy in return. And you you know, you always wonder if somebody's gonna honor those deals. Like yep. you're like, oh please honor and he he did. So he actually bred his um female of ours that I had taken my rat dog and bred it to a dog that was out of, um, a dog. Oh, he was a mountain cur and, um, he was actually pretty well known back then. And I'm drawing a blank on his name. I feel like getting out my current five steer book because I'm pretty sure (laughs) I can find him, but the the guy had crossed that line onto a nocturnal nailer walker. And so, um, he had two females for me that were phenomenal and he took one and he bred it to this, Um, her dog that was off of, you know, his friend had off of Alan Franklin's line and then sent me a puppy, you know, of course my stipulation was, you know, she'd be bobtailed and, (laughs) and she was, and then I took her and I crossed her back onto my rat semen. Okay. So, um, really it was like granddaughter back to grandfather. Mm -hmm. And then that's where my mansy dog came from. And so you know, like I said, I just tried to, um, cross her onto John Saunders, um, boondog who goes back to a hard knocking and female and, um, Doyle Sherman's salmon bow, because okay. that's another line that, you know, I know reproduces Yeah, and, you know, I, I, resp- I, I look, you know, you have to respect other people. You can't just be like, Oh, my dogs are the best. You mm-hmm. have, you're going to have to go out and you Why you have to pay attention to what dogs are doing it?
0: Oh, you can't live in a vacuum.
1: No, you can't. Hopefully, maybe knocking on my desk here in a couple of weeks. Even though, you know, if I just get one puppy, I'll be happy. You know, like I said, I can't quite tell, but uh, we'll see. If not, I'll try it again.
0: Yeah. Now, going back to you said, so you're third generation. You had, if I remember correctly, two litters out of the same female and two different males, correct?
1: Yes. We went to Sour Sport, who was owned by Fred Sour. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Porter's Chief um, the second time. And he was off of Jesse James and um, Porter's Penny. So mm-hmm. the Roaring River Mountain Curse. And that's where the Natural Bobs came in. Okay. Was, the, was from uh, Porter's Chief.
0: Those two litters, didn't you cross them back and forth a little bit?
1: I'm sorry, I I missed that, didn't I? We crossed those back and forth, and then took the offspring to that to the hound stock out.
0: That's what I thought.
1: So really, you know, we went in Mm
0: -hmm. several
1: generations before we ever went back out to hound.
0: Yeah. So by the time you crossed out to a hound, shoot, them puppy or those dogs were were were...
1: we were like seven, eight at that point. Like we were, it was pretty much back to straight fur.
0: Shamrock was one of those, and I remember. He was one of mm-hmm. like my favorite dogs that you had at that time.
1: Yes. Yeah. I actually thought about breeding Maisie to his semen. We've got his semen down in down at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. But she is three-quarter per quarter hound. And I'll be honest with you, she's not a coon dog. And okay. I don't like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you ask me what her flaw is, I would, well, she's got some nasty teeth. Never make a show dog. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but she's probably one of my favorite dogs. She's enthusiastic. She travels well. She's smart. Like we shoot her and she falls over and, you know, plays <laughs> dead, hits lover. But that was kind of the reason why I, I went out to John Saunders' dog, boom, because he had dam and bow in there and then he had that hard knocking mice because mm-hmm. I don't want to lose a dog that's dual purpose. I always say, if you want a great coon dog, you know, your best bet for probability is still get a hound. If that's yeah. all you're doing, have a hound. Mm-hmm. If you want a, 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 you know, a squirrel dog, get a fight. If you want a combination dog that can do it, that's where I would say the fur dog fits in. It fits in for the guy who doesn't have a lot of big timber to hunt. He might live in a subdivision. You know, it, nobody's going to look at your dog. But the only problem you have is, like, I remember releasing a conservation agent, you know, spots and having people be like, oh, my God, it's pickles. You know, and pickles were, you know. Yep. You know that's about the only thing I'm like. No, they're not pittles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise. Especially but, when you, you know, with most of
0: your dogs being red, there for a little while.
1: Yeah, red or big, brindle and white. You yep. know, they're all. I mean, most of the mountain curs are pit colors. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the you know that terrier that's, you know back in them. You know, so think about it. You got mm-hmm. blue, brindle, brindle and white, fawn colored, red colored. You know, those are all those are all pit colors too. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, if they would all freak. People would freak out, and you gotta, you know. No, I remember I had an insurance agent come to my house, and my insurance was going to drop me. You know how they come and they yep. do the on-site inspection. You know, and I had to put a fence up, buy a retaining wall, and he he reported me for having a kennel full of pit bulls. Like I, I I I was like it was. I had to go round and round with my insurance company. I had to send them like copies of my papers.
0: That's it was funny. terrible.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was. So, I, I mean, mean,
0: looking back, I mean, that's kind of funny that he yeah. thought a kennel full of cur dogs was a kennel full of pit bulls, so. though.
1: Yeah, I, I probably looked like I was, you know, fighting dogs over in East St. Louis or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's me.
0: Yep. Amy breeding the fighting dogs down there. In breeding Missouri. the
1: fighting dogs. Get me some fighting <laughs> chickens and fighting dogs. I'll, I'll be all good. Could you see that? I I could <laughs> see me being busted for that working in our school district. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Camrock, you know, like I said, I thought about bringing Maisie to him, but mm-hmm. then I don't think she's the female for that. You know, my brother even said, you know, that might be pretty curry, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I listen, you know, the thing about my brother is when he talks, I listen because okay. he's very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable, very mm-hmm. logical, very knowledgeable. He used to drive me crazy as kids because, you know, <laughs> I I was the emotional one. I'd get all, you know, bent out of shape about something and he'd be all cool and calm and logical. But. You know that's that's his strength that's what you know taking him far in life and Mm -hmm. you know when i thought about i was like no i do want something with a you know a little more hound in it and a little just a little more go and john said the boondog is actually a better boondog than he is squirrel dog okay you know we went squirrel hunting with him and he picked him off close and then when they went far he went far with him and he was three for an hour on the last squirrel so i mean i was like okay You know, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what you kind of do is you look, you have to look at your dogs and look at your flaws and go, what might fill in the gap? You Mm -hmm. know, it may or may not, but I'm at least going to always shoot for a dog that's going to have those traits that maybe my dog might be lacking some in. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. No, and that's what I think makes you a a good breeder and what stood out about your line and the test of time and that you're thinking about these things. Like you said, it's not, you're not looking for the flash in the pan stud dog that's going to be winning the hunts and, not reproduce on to the next thing,
1: right? You know, and I don't know if I'll get into competition hunting again. I'm I'm not sure, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, both my kids, PKC, you know, hunt, could hunted our dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, Clay hunted the Fred dog who was off of, um, you know, our X Factor, okay. And then Rose hunted my little dog who just passed away here recently. And she, uh, she went back to occur and Thrasher, Thrasher was the walker, her mother was a double bred uh, Thrasher female okay and you know they both they both you know hunted in pkc Mm -hmm. you know the millie dog i had she was just a puppy and that was the first dog clay ever hunted in pkc and they you know i don't even think it was july and she she was born i think october i mean she was like eight months old she was little and they were like but she was trans Mm -hmm. she got a little freaked out i'm gonna tell you the little dog when the big hounds opened up looked like whoa what was that (laughs) you know but she was at the tree with him, you know. She was, she wasn't quite sure about getting there with him, but you know, she'd stand back and, and bark and stuff. But that was that was the first dog he hunted. It was a cur puppy down at the breeder showcase. <laughs> Billy Bell lent him a light, and and we headed off to the woods. So, that's awesome. you know, that's why I, I want a dog that's going to be, you know able to be with me and do what I want to do in that moment. You know, when I was hunting with John, we went hunting with Boone, you know, I kept telling my husband to have a crush on his dog. <laughs> I was like, I have a crush on John's dog and I've been watching him for a while. And I, you know, showing my husband's pictures. And then, then I was like, I wonder what his pedigree is, you know, and then he had the right pedigree. And then I'm like, let's go hunting with him. And then we went hunting with him. My husband's like, now I know why you had a crush on him, but you know, I when we went hunting, you know, my dogs, I told John, I said, your dog, looks like a dog that's hunted hard my dogs look like a fat lady hunts them at her farm or one of the other hay farms right down the road they were like huh you know So, but the thing is is i i have the potential Mm -hmm. if i if i let it die out i no longer have that opportunity i don't have that chance to get back into it when i retire in one to four years yeah i i don't have that opportunity to you know, I'm I'm a grandma now, you know, to, to have these moments, maybe my grandchildren want to do these things. You know, I don't have those opportunities if I, if we let it die out. Exactly. So I feel like I'm kind of in like airplane holding mode right Mm -hmm. now in life. Like You know, it's one of those things that when you are a breeder, you know, life may not be the most, you know, opportune for you at that moment to do what you did do. But like I said, I want the potential to do it. And I want a dog that hunts both squirrel and coon equally, you know, and that's why we've always enjoyed the cur dogs, but they are also pets. I don't, I don't have to, you know, when the, I went down to breed me, you know, like, and we were actually, we were going to try to go last Sunday storm rolled in and at $5 of diesel fuel, you know, I didn't feel like driving an hour to go hunt with John. And, but uh, you know, the fact is, is I can actually put them in my little Toyota and drive them to the woods if I want to, you know, yeah. It. They're, they're well-behaved. Yep. So I,
0: I, I like agree. a dog like that. I agree. That's what has drawn me to the cur dogs is just the demeanor, the mm-hmm. willingness to please and the bit ability by comparison yep. to what I've seen in coon hounds. And I will, yep. I will agree that I do not, I've never had a cur dog that was, was a coon of the same coon dog caliber <laughs> as a good hound. But when my dog crosses a property line, I can hit the tone button, and she turns around and she comes back to me. And I know quite a few Walker dogs that won't do that. So,
1: <laughs> well, and nowadays, I mean, and and I love hounds. I love writing about the hounds. I mean, it's actually something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is you know, even in squirrel dogs now, we we're getting dogs that they go far and they go independent. Yep. You know, and. And there's always going to be a market for a competition dog. And there's always going to be a market for a pleasure dog. And I, I, I hope to be back in the in where I have my foot in each one of those worlds mm-hmm. where I can go either way. You know, right now I feel like I have, after hunting with John, I feel like I have pleasure dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I was always thought, maybe it was like my hope. And I was watching her against his dog. And I was like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this, if we get a puppy, we'll be back there. But And that was something for us, like, When we got into competition, you know, my dad had the first four-way Super Oh, wow. You know, Grace was a world world champion. Ruby was a world three champion. Sage was a world uh, coon champion. You know, not sure if Copper ever got a world championship or not. But, I mean, these dogs, you know, my windy dog, who was a Canadian cur. She was half hound, but um, I had her as a train cur. But when the Canadian curs, you could cross out a generation and go back in, and then they would be canadians again okay so um she you know she was a world free champion i i, we, I mean we had all we had so many bench show titles and our dogs were so like built
0: they definitely were
1: that i can't you know what's sad is when you can't remember how many world champion titles you had
0: <laughs> that is pretty bad you know
1: <laughs> it is and i and i feel terrible that you know i'm sitting here and i'm like okay like running through my head all of them but you know the fact is is when we were doing it locally, people were like, oh, they can only win in their backyard. Well, that made my dad upset. You know, my dad had his own business. And if we went out, I mean, we only went on like three vacations my whole childhood. I think that's why I like to travel so much. But <laughs> we we couldn't go on vacation because yeah. if he wasn't working, the money wasn't coming in. Mm-hmm. So then when he, you know, went out and, you know, he got disability for his knees, you know, from Vietnam and stuff, he he could travel more and we did travel more. I mean, we went to Minnesota, Wisconsin, I mean, we traveled oh, wow. all over the country and, mm-hmm. and one everywhere we went, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he had a point to prove, you know, yeah. I, I think we've proven our point. And, you know, what's, what's funny is like, I don't really have to advertise litters because like right now I have four dogs spoken far plus mine. If you would have them five mm-hmm. and, you know, only one of those is somebody new okay but they know of my line everybody else is a return buyer yeah so i'll get you know i won't hear about dogs and then somebody will call me they'll be like hey my dog's you know 10 my dog's 12 you know are you bringing the litter anytime soon and i'm like oh okay i didn't even know you you had that dog out there but okay you know so much for staying in touch yeah (laughs) but it's been a that's probably been one of my most rewarding things is just it's it's all the return buyers. And mm-hmm. these are people who enjoy their, you know, their pleasure hunters. Mm-hmm. And and that to me says a lot when, yeah, definitely. You, you know, you don't hear. And then somebody says, hey, my dog's 10 and I need to get a young one from you. And you're like, all right, okay.
0: <laughs> that is definitely something I, I look forward to in the future. Like hopefully having the same thing. I'm just getting into this, but looking long-term. I hope at some point that I have my own breeding program, that's my dogs, that I can be saying the same thing. And, and that definitely says a lot when people come back, because that means you're doing something right.
1: Well, and, you know, we all start from somewhere, mm-hmm. but we all start from somewhere. You know, my dad, um, you know, the Stevens Kerr that had the accidental cross with the Walker. Those are the Deep River dogs. You know, Deep River Mike was a world champion. The Stevens dogs went back to Bill Mann. You know, it was years later that we found out where the Homer dog came from, and it was Bill Mann. And, you know, he was well known, you know, for breeding, you know, amazing, you know, Stevens dogs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually got a chance to hunt with him one time down in Arkansas. And I had my Jane dog, who was, she was off of the Jesse Jane's dog. And I swear a hot dog could have got the better of her. She was the best tree dog, but you never needed to knock anything down to her. She did not want to fight anything. She did not want to bite anything. (laughs) You know, she, she was as docile as they came, but she was, she was a heck of a dog. And Bill's hunting with Stephen, you know, and I'm, it was March. So I got pregnant with Clay in November, so December 2nd. I was four months pregnant and we're hunting together. And he says, Hey, looks like there's hogs that gone through here. And I'm like, wild hogs." He's like, yeah. And I've got old yeller coming to my my head. I'm yeah. like, I'm four months pregnant. I'm like, where am I going? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm going up a tree. This dog's not protecting me. This dog is going to <laughs> be out of here. This is not like, I mean, we've sold a lot of hog dogs, you know, with, with our amazing dogs. But, you know, it, this was not one of them. And I guess yeah, so four months pregnant, I'm looking for the nearest tree thinking, my goodness. I'm out here pregnant with wild hogs. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, the kids have been hunting since they were in me. The, <laughs> they were in utero. They never, they never stood a shot of not, you know, being in the woods. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to that, it's just that we all get to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, where we take that is a, is a direction. And that's why I was talking about it, we, we are so reliant on breeders being truthful and breeders making good choices for all of us down the line because look at you you're in this now and you're going to take your dogs and you're going to go in certain directions, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we took Stevens and a Walker that were already from well-established lines, you know, and took it our way. So even though I say, you know, it's our line of dogs, it's, it's, it's all, you know, a collaboration of effort. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important that we all do our due diligence on breeding good dogs and being honest about what we have and, mm-hmm not breeding dogs unless they've proven, you know, that they are tree dogs, you know? And I know like I had two females one time I had Paige and I had Kate and Paige, she was so phenomenal. And she produced mediocre puppies. Okay, I'll just be honest. They, they mm-hmm. would tree, but they were not, they were not what you would call barn burners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Kate was more of a mediocre dog in the woods. And she threw the Millie dog. I I actually sold her to a guy who, said she was a bad dog and I was like, I'll buy her back. I had raised a litter of puppies the hall turned out. Oh, I mean, they were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it's this is back with squirrel haters and you know and I was like, he was ripping me up and down. I'm like, I will buy her back. I will buy her back. I yeah. will buy her back. Because at this point her puppies are doing phenomenal. Yeah. And I am thinking, Oh my God, I raised, you know, a litter from these two sisters and I sold the wrong sister. <laughs> <laughs> she was a reproducer. Yeah. You know? Was she, you know, the greatest dog? No, but she reproduced, she treed, mm-hmm. and she threw some of the best puppies I've probably ever raised, and I never could get her bought back. He ripped me up and down, but he wouldn't sell her back.
0: <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> You're gonna rip the dog. The no,
1: car. it's just that's just where people are looking for reasons to be mean, say mm-hmm. ignorant things. Like I don't. I, I guess I've never understood that because I feel like we're all in the same sport. We all we all want to have a chance to hunt squirrels, raccoons. Like we, we are all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if we were lobbying against someone trying to take away squirrel hunting, we would all lobby together. So I've, yeah. ne- I've never quite understood that concept, especially in the world that we live in.
2: No, I you know,
1: agree. we, we should not tear each other down. We should build each other up and, you know, work mm-hmm. together for our sport because there's a lot more people out there that want to take our sport away. Yep. and want to join it nope, so right. you know i'm grateful there's people like you that want to get involved and take it in the future
0: a rising tide raises all ships so and mm-hmm. we'll work, so we all need to be working together so yep. now you mentioned about your female being a good reprodu that one female being a good reproducer when you were on steve's podcast you mentioned something about genetic testing and kind of how yeah. you were seeing which males were more predominant I would really like to learn more about that and know more about what you guys were doing.
1: Okay. So we, we were, well, I haven't done anything with these dogs, but like when we were the F1 generation for UKC, we DNA tested everybody and we went out of a place in Oklahoma. So we would swab the dogs and send them in and then they would send you back the markers. And so that you would have like a, you know, this, a E, 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 you know, F, F, anything that was a double letter. Mm -hmm. was a dominant gene okay so if you had a dog that had you know a c c e had two different letters for every chain that they sent to of what they evaluated it kind of told you that your dog was more you know it it didn't have the dominant genes it had more recessive Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the number of double letters that you had would show you the percentage so if you had two aas or two dds you know or four, you know, that would be 20% or 40%. And most stud dogs at that time, you know, talking, the guy's name was Gary, um, talking to him, most stud dogs had about 20% fixed genes okay. when they would test them. So if you got anything close to 50, like if you started getting up there above 20, you you—you pretty much had a dog that was reproduced. In fact, one of the best females I had for reproducing had no fixed genes, but mm when we breed her to a sub dog that was highly fixed, she was just like a, you know, she was, had a lot of recessive. So, okay. you know, he would kind of pull that. So, yeah. you know, I, that's something that, like I said, and in, in like in Steve's podcast, I mean, those genes could be the brindle color. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's hard to tell, you know, exactly what those, those codes were for, but you knew that they had dominant genes to throw.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you would see those reproduce. you know, stronger than you would in other dogs that were primarily, you know, recessive. Mm -hmm.
0: Makes sense. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, like even looking in my own children, you know, dyslexia runs in my husband's family pretty dominantly. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And there's four grandchildren. There's two boys, two girls. And three out of four of those children have dyslexia. So, you know how you, in school, they'd make you do the peanut squares and stuff, and you would see, like, there would be three out of four, you know, when yep. you did these, you know, crosses. You know, like, even in our own family, three out of four grandchildren ended up, with, you know, having this, I mean, being tested at the universities and having dyslexia, and one didn't. So, you know, genetics, like I said, my dad got really into breeding when he was doing the pigeon, and there were sayings like, Oh, a white pigeon'll never win. They there was a race called the Combine. A white pigeon will never win it, you know, white pigeons get picked off by predators, blah, blah, blah. So you know what his goal he's <laughs> seen to breed a white pigeon that would win the combine. And yeah. he did stardust was the dog, was the pigeon's name that won the combine, you know. That's but awesome. he, you know, like him when we went down to breed maybe, him and John Saunders, you know, senior, they they both raised the pigeons, you know, and they, I mean they got their pigeons from guys who actually use the pigeons in the world war to take messages and oh, stuff. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot that has to do with genetics mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, and that's why we've always line bred, but you know, you have to, you, you know, you can go in so much, but you, you have to go out eventually because if not, like, I mean, we, you know, I've had male dogs born without testicles. I, I'll just be honest with you. Like mm-hmm. when I said you can get double the good and double the bad, I, you know, that's the truth. Yeah. And it's the truth for anything that you do that with, you know, look at the Royals, you know, in England, you know, mm-hmm. you know, hemophilia was prominent in them, you know, they, yep. they kept it in and you can't, you can't just keep going in. You know, you have to eventually get some genes out, mm-hmm. but you always want to try to keep yourself concentrated.
0: I know when a lot of times when, when, when you make those outcrosses, those outcrosses seem to, the hybrid vigor seems to really strike and those outcrosses seem to do really well but yes. sometimes out the out crosses don't always reproduce. So how has that right. worked out for you guys?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. It hasn't been too bad because I think we're breeding such a, a concentrated dog, you know, with any of the dogs I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you, you're going to have, you know, great dogs in the litter, mediocre dogs in the litter. You might have one that does not turn out at all. I mean, it's just what it is, but for the most part, I mean, here we are, you know, how many years later, And you know, what forty two years later, and you know we've had a lot of hy- you know what you would consider the hybrids
0: mm-hmm. you know, and you
1: do get that bigger you know when you go out that that first cross with that hound is usually a healthier dog it's a it's a more robust dog that lives longer, you know, mm-hmm. but the fact is is that still when you go back in, you know you're kind of you know keeping that cycle because at this point, think about it, I should be out mm-hmm. like, you know I should not have you know with the hybrids like yeah. we should be done. But I think it's like anything else. You you really have to look at what you're breeding to. Not all lines of dogs reproduce. Not every walker dog out there is, you know, in the, you know, reproducers list. There's yeah. a reason. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to do your homework before you, you make that cross. To me, one of the most important things that you can do is, you know, if you have a dog that you know, is, you're seeing is reproducing, is get that dog collected. Store mm-hmm. that semen. Because yeah. you you have it. You Mm -hmm. know, even if I got out of it today, let's say a tornado came here, destroyed my kennel, and I was done. I have frozen semen at the university. Yeah. You know, I would go and I would look for the best female, you know, cur dog that I could find. Yep. And then I would cross back into that. So it's like, you know, kind of like a friendship red that goes around from time to time where, you always keep a start. (laughs) You know, so.
0: And within a couple of generations, you've got multiple males collected. Those dogs would still, they would basically still be all your stock. After, you know, three generations, basically.
1: Right. That's one of the the big things that I recommend people do is if Mm -hmm. you've got a good dog, get them collected. Yeah. You know, what's the worst thing? You don't use it. Mm -hmm. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. But you, you're safe. You know, I was talking to, um, one of the super stakes. was a, they, you know, they were talking about a local dog, um, the skull dog, Wrangler School, I think was his name. And he he had grown all kinds of good puppies. Like that did really well in the TKC super stakes, but they never got inflected And then, you know, he, you know, I don't remember if he got hit or what happened to him, but he died,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and he, he obviously was a a really good reproducer, you know, and of all these local dogs that ended up shining. So, I mean, there's just certain things that you really, you know, you, you should do for the betterment of the breed. If you've got a good dog, I don't care if it had, doesn't have a championship title on it and you know that it's a dog that, you know, would benefit the breed, you know, collect it.
0: Definitely. Listening to everything you're saying, I'm, I'm learning a lot here and, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, some of it I've, I've known or learned through the years, but I really like what you're saying. You, you did your research, you found good reproducing males when you wanted to make an outcross and then you have these tightly bred females. So you have a lot of consistency in your female line and then you go to a good reproducing male. And then you cross that back into your tightly bred line. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's what's made you successful even through your outcrosses.
1: Yeah. Well, and we even did, you know, like, you know, we had our males cross on the hounds and then we had, you know, our females, the same thing, like the cedar dog that my rat dog came from, you know, she was, she was highly, you know, in. So, mm-hmm. you know, either way we went, gotcha. we knew we were going to hit it with a concentration mm-hmm. of, of the genes that, you know, that we prefer. Yeah. You know, and this really is, all it all comes down to preferences. What, what, what suits you, mm-hmm. oh, you know? Definitely.
0: Now, you know, we talked a little bit about the registries and stuff. How does one go about getting a tree and curb registered? Like, so say oh, a first generation
1: dog. That, you know, I'll be honest with you. I used to, I used to feel like I was on top of my game with that. <laughs> and nowadays I don't, I'll be okay. honest with you. I there have been some changes, you mm-hmm. know, like with UKC, you used to, you know, send in, you know, a single registration, your pitchers. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you know, now that they started doing it, you know, the X breed, you know, for the hounds, the tree and curves are now, you know, cross breeds for, you know, them instead of tree and curves. I think with NKC, you can still single register. Okay the same way um where you send in two pictures you know and you have to you know do your single registration mm-hmm. and those forms you know they're they're on it's national kennel club you have to spell it all out if you go to their website mm-hmm. um and then you know like with the other ones like uscc and, and national sporting and all, and all that you know it's the same thing yeah. where you just fill out your registration so it, it kind of kills the between Kerr association all these changes i'll be honest with you that's okay. kind of a I keep writing the article under the head, but I'm like I probably should change the, the letterhead because <laughs> you know, and it, it's sad because I, I do I don't feel like the train cur is the same as just a cross breed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I feel like if you stay in somewhere that needs to go away, back to the train cur because I don't feel like my dog. You know, maybe like I said, she's three quarter cur. You know, mm-hmm. she's not the same as you know other dogs that you know somebody might cross, but I don't know times have changed on this
0: yeah like i said i Is knew the way ukc like they they closed tree that yep and then they started the x breed cur, but now i see nothing online about x bred curs. so i wasn't sure if they were back to registering those dogs as tree curs or what i wasn't yes. really sure
1: i'm not sure and i haven't had to delve into that yet but i may mm-hmm. have to because you know i don't John like. If Maisie does have puppies, you know, John Sorg isn't, I don't think he's registered with UKC, he's registered with NKC okay. as a train cur. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I might be in that water. I might be finding out firsthand. But, yeah, it used to be a, a different world. I've seen a lot of changes over the years, let mm-hmm. put it that way. And, you know, and I'm sure I'll see a lot more. And mm-hmm. I don't know where it'll go or how it'll go. But the fact is, is it's a current at trees. You know, it's kind of yep. like a train cut. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your mountain spice, you know, you have different, you know, mulling spice, things like that. But me, key word to that is train, train yeah. first. I'm, I wish I had, I, I knew that was going to come up and I was like, <laughs> God, I'm not going to have a good answer for him. And I, I and sure. I used to have a good answer. Well, you know see, and,
0: I've read your articles for years in full cry. The only, now my subscription full cry has uh, fell off here and there. But if I, if I get it, I typically read your articles and, um. And I know at one point, like, you used to be like, oh, yeah, I sent so-and-so a packet of stuff on how to register and stuff. So I knew at one point, like, that was something that you did pretty regularly.
1: And I still do. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I still give them the information for, you know uscc I used to give them NSC, I give them NKC, you know, like I still give out that information and, you know, or mail out registration forms, you know, for mm-hmm. people, you know, because some of these older guys, they don't have, you know, internet access. Like my dad would never be able to do that. Yeah. So I still do that for people, but I'm just not quite sure about where UKC is at <laughs> all on all this, to be honest with you. but gotcha. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, there are so many things now, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at all these, like, pro sport and all these different things that are coming up. And I'm like, you know, really it's, you know, UKC is keeping our pedigrees and, you know, they have the, you know, competition events and stuff. But I mean, there's some, there's some big registries out there doing some really, really amazing things for squirrel dogs. So, you know, I'm not quite sure how important that's going to be to people anymore. Mm -hmm. I guess the tide will tell and and people will, you know, make their intentions known on what they want. And the fact is, it's registries. They're, they're money makers. Yeah, you know they they make money. You know the Tree and Association was always service. We you know we would donate money to you know plaques. We would help out. You know, but we were mm-hmm. never like a registry or anything. It was never yeah. to be a money maker in life.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: you know, so people, you know, places will do where the money's direct. Yeah. If something fails and they <laughs> see it failing, they're gonna they're gonna change it up. I mean, yeah. it's just a fact. So, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm Not sure, but. I guess we're both going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All my dogs are NKC and UKC registered. So okay. I'm still in the tree and curves with UKC and NKC and stuff like that. But, you know, I haven't crossed out for a hound in a while. So I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually have leopard females. Now, leopards are weird okay. depending on the registry. They're either a cur yep. or they could be a hound. And then I had an accidental cross with a plot. So, UKC, my dog is X-bred coon now. But if I were to go to NKC, he would be a training cur. Yep. I, I realize where he stands as far as UKC is concerned, but I'm looking at maybe possibly down the line making a cross with a cur with him. That was why I was questioning.
1: Yeah, he would probably just be, you know, well, if your cur was registered, you know, but they would be train cur puppies. So, mm-hmm. you know, I always just would fill out the single registration, you know, for people with the puppies, you know, if it was a cross like that for them mm-hmm. to send in. Gotcha. But that's probably what we would end up doing. You know, NKC, you know, the thing is, is they were there for us in the beginning. And there's a lot of good, you know, different organizations that have come up over the years. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of options for people. Yeah. You know, I just kind of like that NKC, UKC, they have a lot of the pedigrees that go mm-hmm. back, you yep. know, on file. So yep. that's, that's one of the perks to them. And then the other ones, you know, are, you know, their perks are, you know, what they offer competition-wise, you know, yeah. for, for those who... Mm-hmm. You know, or, are, are into that aspect? So definitely, you know, there's pluses for and minuses to all of them, and you mm-hmm. know, I guess it's just what you want. And some people never register their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I always said you could always tell if somebody was real serious about their dog if they registered it or not by a year. Um, our ruby dog. So that was the cross that we made with our sport onto our star dog, and we named mm-hmm. all the females after gemstone. So we had topaz, okay. ruby. You know, we had a diamond. Um, and then my brother named Grace, she wasn't, you know, he actually had a real name, but like we, we, instead of like other people give us puppy papers, They'd be like puppy one, two, three, four. And we realized, huh, you don't have to put a name on them. Yeah. So, um, some guys called my dad and they bought them one dog and they said, Hey, this dog's not treeing or doing anything. They put her in a pen and then Hunter. And he said, well, okay. He's like, what's the dog out of? And they're like, you know, who's she out of? And well, I got to get her papers. And they're like, her name's Ruby. So they didn't even know what, cross was from us they they, her name was still the name that was on the papers they never transferred the papers over and so to us we could always tell the dedication of the person on if they transferred papers by the time the dog was a year old if they didn't they really weren't invested
0: well by your standard i would not be invested (laughs) i've got a three-year-old i've got a three-year-old dog that was born here (laughs) and actually he's the best dog i own at this moment and i've never sent his papers in (laughs)
1: See, you're not invested. <laughs> I would I would put you, you're gonna you know, I'll be honest with you. I was almost at first with my chocolate lab here. I was like oh, my chocolate lab's gonna be a year old in May and I haven't gotten her papers in. So in <laughs> April I got her papers in. So I was right under the uh, the line on that, even though I was highly invested in her but but it is, you know, you pay a a penalty, you know, it's 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 a little bit more of a hassle when you don't transfer the papers, you know, over. So
0: See, I guess I've gotten a little gun shy because I've transferred a handful of dogs that didn't turn out. <laughs> out. So that's why exactly. I'm like, if it turns out and I actually want to do something, I'll just pay the penalty.
1: There you go. <laughs> no, I get it. When you've gone through a lot of dogs. Let me think here.
0: Probably four or five dogs that I've mailed papers in and transferred them. And then, like I said, they never turned out too much. So
1: just <laughs> when you're like, I'm saving the cycle up.
0: Yeah. And like I said, he was born here, so. I know exactly what he is.
1: (laughs) What's funny is the Ruby dog. um, She was the one who was the first four way super grand in NKC. The dog that wouldn't treat it. My dad went back and gave them their money back (laughs) on. She was one of the best dogs we had, one of our best reproducers. So, you know, everything happens for a reason.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I've really liked your story. That's one of the things that always stood out to me. Like I said, that Shamrock dog, when I first got involved he was what i wanted and actually i almost went to virginia and bought a dog that was off of your guys' dogs like somebody had bought a couple dogs from you guys and had bred them so it wasn't anything directly from you but like like said it was like a second generation but both parents were from you guys and uh, yeah
1: we have a a pretty big following virginia north carolina west virginia south carolina we got a lot of dogs in that area
0: And the only reason I didn't is the guy that I kind of, my mentor, he was like, I was kind of getting to know him. I was about to go to college and I was trying to, <laughs> I randomly send some guy an email say, Hey, I'm going to college about a half an hour from you. Can I basically rent a kennel? And yeah. uh, he was like, so he's like, well, give me a call. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to buy this dog, but I have nowhere to put it when I go to college. My parents don't want to keep it. He goes, why are you going to buy a dog? I'm like, cause I want to get into this. And he's like, well, don't buy a dog just come hunt with me and he goes I've got a kennel full of dogs so he was you know just trying to help me out and saying yeah. instead of buying a dog just come hunt so that's funny that was the only reason I, I probably would have bought a dog out of your guys' dogs if I would have had somewhere to put it and he was just like I've got my kennels full so he's like just come hunt with what my dogs
1: well and that's it you know when you get older you know I loved when my kids were competition hunting because I had I had other handlers I had people to go to the woods with me Mm-hmm. I am I tell Billy all the time, like, when he takes me squirrel hunting. I'm like a little girl in a candy shop, you know. I'm like, ooh, all giddy and stuff. And I'm like, you know how many men would love to have a wife who like begs, Will we please, will you please take me, you know, like let's go somewhere, <laughs> you know, away from here, you know, like I go here because around here because it's safe. Yeah. So I'm like, You have no idea. Like, you're so <laughs> lucky. What's funny is the dogs that um I was telling you that we have like in North Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia, the ex dogs from that cross mm-hmm. they made some of the top bear dogs that people had and it, it was all from that particular cross it was from the ex-junior cross that made the really good bear dogs.
0: okay that kind of ties in I, so it's kind of funny that you bring up the bears is like a lot of the, the past month i've been talking to cur guys that big <sighs> game hunt yeah so your line has done fairly well then on bears
1: with bear and then hog okay but the hog dogs were more of like the season, you know, the mountain cur crosses were the better hog dogs. Um, whereas, like I said, it was the X. It's it's a common common tie that all the really good bear dogs all go back to the X factor dog that we have. Okay, that goes back to X Junior. Mm-hmm. So there's something about that combination of that hound and the grit of the cur that just has like really excelled in that particular area. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It was interesting for us because, you know, I mean, in Missouri, we have bear now, but, Mm. you know, and I remember, you know, we, we had bear because like my dad, when I was a little girl, he'd treat a bear in an old car in a junkyard, you know, and this was in the (laughs) seventies. So whenever they say there's no bear in Missouri, he'd be like, "Eh, I beg to differ. Yeah. And then we were, um, had a competition hunt and him and my brother maybe it wasn't maybe it was just pleasure hunting that's bad like you have so many things where it all kind of blends but we were hunting at Weldon Springs and I was not with my brother and my dad but I was you know aware of this mm-hmm. they were hunting around the one lake and my dad said that looks like a bear track my brother was like whatever Ben Lily you know and, and sure enough it was a bear track and that was in the 90s okay so and now um you know we just had a bear get hit on the highway you know so they're becoming more prominent here mm-hmm. you know in missouri but we never had i mean we had the dogs run bobcats like clay's Fred dog who again goes back to the x junior cross okay you know he's him and the one little hope uh walker female that clay had they ran a bobcat all the way all night long under an old barn that we ended up having to begin them in the morning but you know, so we've had the dogs from cat, but we've mm-hmm. never we've never had the opportunity for bears. so when people were calling us, we were like, "Huh, and that was the the main, the main factor was okay. that they all came from the the X junior crop
0: now, how far back in your dog's pedigree would that be now?
1: um, right now, that would be three generations back, okay, so because like I have a female down there off of Fred, so I have ring who was off of Fred who was off of X, who was off of X Jr. So. Wow. so, yeah. So. Four. I like the Four. <laughs> and, you know, she's a different dog than Maisie. Maisie's out of my swamp rat dog. And, you know, um, Ring is, they both have the same mother, which is off the Alan Franklin line that I was telling you about. But okay. they have, you know, one was off the swamp rat and the other was off of my son's Fred dog. And the Ring dog has. My daughter's all about Johnny Cash. So I have Cash and a Ring. She was hoping <laughs> she would be born in June, but she was born like July 1st. So <laughs> she, she ended up being Ring, Ring of Fire. But, That's um, funny. you know, she's a bigger built dog. You know, mm-hmm. even though she's similar to Maisie, she's bigger. And I actually, she's quiet. She's a little, she doesn't really take the people. She's a little more cautious, maybe to everybody's friend. Mm-hmm. But she's more of my combination dog. Like when she's free, she's spot on you know accurate she's just not flashy at all but yeah i can definitely see the difference in those two half sisters and mm-hmm. having the same mother just two different pairs
0: yeah now have you found your like either your first generations or even like multi-generations with the more hound do they tend to open more
1: that's been hit or miss that's okay. what i was telling steve like i've had some that were open i had a female that when she was like Weekend, she was on a good track, a good coon track, and when she sounded like the hound in her she was on a deer. I mean, (laughs) you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. She was open, um, but a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll they'll hit the ground and they'll bark a couple times if it's a really hot track. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then they shut up and then they get trees. Okay. Which is like what I actually prefer because I don't know how the squirrels are where you are, but like we have a lot of gray squirrels. Mm -hmm. So I don't want them opening. On the ground the yeah. whole while because you know you might get the one squirrel they're working but everything else is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So I I actually kind of prefer where they hit it kind of lets you know where they're going and then you know get treats. Yeah. But my like I told Steve my mountain curs they were as open as a screen door in July.
2: Really? My
1: little females yeah they were the most open dog I had. Hmm. So everybody be like oh your dogs are they're open and I'm like my mountain curs were, <laughs> <laughs> were the most open dogs I had. But it was part of the breed standard you know. Mm-hmm. There's a reason there's breed standards. That's what these dogs did, you know, and yeah. in, in the mountains, think about it. You're going to want to be able to hear your dog a little more than, you know, yep. where it's flat so you mm-hmm. can keep up with them. that's, you know, in the times before tracking collars and oh yeah, beeping collars, you know, I remember we'd lose a dog and we'd put a coat out. <laughs> where We pulled out, you know, checking <laughs> yep. it.
0: Heard many stories of that. But
1: the number one thing I've always had to get dogs back was having your name on the collar. Okay. Name and number.
0: It was funny, I just saw a Facebook post and a friend of mine was like, he's like, make sure you have your name and your phone number on a dog's tag. He goes, I don't care what the dog's name is. Just with like the whole 4th <laughs> They've of July. Gotten that
1: close. They've gotten that close? They don't need to know the dog's name at that point. They're already reading your name and your number.
0: Yeah. that's funny. So it
1: sounded like we were wrapping up. Any other yes. questions you have for me? Like, no, I have
0: no more questions, but I, I do want another story or two about your dogs.
1: I can tell you A story that i mean we still make fun of to this day is you know my we had a dog named glory and my brother and i and my dad were all hunting the state conservation area and glory was like obsessed with my dad so he he had to go to the bath. and it wasn't one of those you know where he just slide off he was like hold Glory's collar hold it do not let go of it so he goes off and my brother and I are looking at each other, you know, and all of a sudden my brother lets go and he's like, No, Glory, no and, I was like, and then not hear my dad is like he's like, Oh, no, Glory, go away, go away, Glory, go away you know, and we're we're belly laughing. The only like I, I think all of our no offense to all the Christians out there, but I think most of our dogs thought that their names were, you know, you know, and then their name when my dad would be upset at him. And that's like the only time he ever used that term was with dogs. Like, I've heard him say some stuff, but not that term. It was only dogs that brought that one out in him. So it gets better. So we decide, my uncle decided he was going to take his, you know, he wanted to take his son coon hunting. You know, so we were like, okay, you know, and I mean, it was summer. I mean, we were running the dogs. We weren't actually shooting dogs, you know, mm-hmm. out at that time. But we go and we're with my uncle and and we had the dogs dog. And, he was notorious. If it was dead, smelly, he wouldn't He wouldn't get muddy, but if it was disgusting, he'd roll in it. Yep. So we're sitting on this log, you know, and around the area, because where we hunted it was a, is a, still, it's still a really good hunting spot. It's on the river, you know, when you get those, you know, squirrels that come in, you know, when they're migrating and it's on, it's got, they've always got crops in there. So it's always been good hunting. So Sage comes in and I'm, I pet him and I, I look on my hand. And I'm pretty sure it's what my dad had left in the woods earlier. Oh, a couple of days earlier. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, you want to talk about instant karma? That was one of them. That was, that was not fun. I was like, my dad, my dad got the last laugh on that one. I was, and you're in the woods, like you're <laughs> stuck. I'm yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore at all.
0: <laughs> I had a friend that had, his dog did the same thing. He hunted somewhere and he had the same situation. And then a few nights later, he hunted the same place. And, uh, Dog came in and it was it was pretty obvious what he'd been rolling
1: in. Yeah, it's just like oh, like I said, we belly laughed so hard at my dad hearing it go, go,
2: go, go, you
1: know, and like we were laughing so hard, I was like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's what you know, that's when you know karma exists in yeah. the world. So there was that, and then with Rat, I I traveled all over with Rat, mm-hmm. um Rat and Rock kind of going back to something that I do want people to be aware of. And and I'm just kind of curious if other people that, you know, competition hunted heavily. I actually thought there was a problem with lymphoma. I thought we had a genetic issue with lymphoma because the cedar female that was the mother to my rat dog came off the of Shamrock and Shamrock died at five of lymphoma. Okay. And then my rat dog died at five of lymphoma hmm. and my heaven dog died of lymphoma. And so they all went back to rock. And now I don't have any dogs dying of lymphoma. And, you know, we were we were hunting Indiana, Illinois, all these farmlands, you know, and I watched these Roundup commercials on TV where they're like, if you've gotten lymphoma and you've sprayed Roundup, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. So I, I always wondered if other people had the same issue with like hunting the farmland, mm-hmm. you know, like with the Roundup formula, obviously it caused lymphoma and your dogs are drinking out of creeks and puddles. and Yeah. You know that was something. You know that really, I, I really thought I was like, "We're done. The line is done." You, mm-hmm. you know, if this is in here. This heavy. We can't continue to go. But it was it was all the dogs that we heavily competition hunted. So it was kind of strange.
0: Who's who's the best dog you've ever had?
1: Oh, it has to be the Daisy dog. And, I'll, and you know, and she really wasn't my favorite dog. What like, that's as bad It's like even in my last podcast. You know, I have to give Daisy all the credit. Mm-hmm. But she was a hard-headed dog. Like, she was my dad's dog. She was my brother's dog. She didn't really care for me. Star, star bit Billy. He startled her one time, and he, the cherry was sitting and broke, and she snapped at him. And I was like, oh, my God. And so, uh, yeah, I was. she was one that, you know, you couldn't sneak up on her or anything like that. But, yeah, so she, you know, was Billy. She almost bit my husband. <laughs>
0: Now, Daisy was your, was the Walker Stevens and Star was her she was our,
1: yeah, Daisy would be considered our, our foundation star. Mm-hmm. She was definitely, like I, like I said, with his podcast, you know, she was the dog that we hooked up to a harness and she pulled my brother on a sled and she got lost so many times. We would be looking for Daisy. I mean... That dog didn't have Lyme disease. No dog ever did. Because we'd get her back from, like, bush wildlife and all these places. And she'd be covered in ticks. And you'd spend the whole time picking ticks off. And, you know, and then, you know, Grace and Copper. And Copper was a dog. You could put him in the truck. Him and my dad had a love-hate relationship. And Copper had been... We actually got Copper back. Copper had been abused. And so he he was not... like I said, he was a dog that was really good in certain situations, In certain situations he wasn't. You could not go ahead first in and get him out of the truck. And uh, so we were hunting at a spot we always went, and Copper disappeared. And my dad's like, This is before tracking college, you yeah. know? And he was like, Where did Copper go, you know? And so uh, somebody had given him a ride in their truck <laughs> and then got him wide away from you know from where we were hunting probably about 40 minutes from where we were hunting and uh the guy's wife finally got to where she could read his collar he would not let the guy that picked him up get him so you know he was he was one i've watched my dad would try to breed him and he'd go out at my dad oh it was, it was they had those the greatest <laughs> relationships he was a dog that you know i really didn't talk much about but really was a dog that was instrumental like he was just my dad was like he was like a pro athlete he was like i hated that dog he's like i hated him he hated me he's like but he was probably one of the best competition dogs like if we wanted to squirrel hunt him though we'd have to pull him off a coon because he loved to coon hunt he was short blocky natural bob yellow Mm -hmm. brindle cross. but he uh you know like i said he had a pretty rough start. We got him back in life, but he, uh, him and Ruby actually produced some of the best dogs. So he was always interesting. And, you know, we had a lot of competition in our own family. Like, you know, everybody <laughs> wanted to be the best. My dad was hunting Ruby, Billy was hunting Sage, Alex was hunting Grace, you know, then we'd hunt Copper, you know, and then we'd have X and, you know, Rat. And I mean, we, we kind of, you know, we were always pushing each other. As, we're, we were harder on each other than we were with anybody that we hunted against. Yeah. Um,
0: that's probably what drove your breeding program then. And at the same point, <laughs> I'm assuming that especially when you had all these dogs that you and your brother were out of your parents' house and kind of. Yeah. Had. So, I mean, you basically had three kennels all working three together. Three
1: kennels. Yep. My dad was the money man. I'm just going to tell you. Or he'd <laughs> drive across the country to go pick up a really good dog. Like, he'd find a female for sale that was, you know, really, really well bred. and. hmm you know, we had a dog named Molly who um, was actually one of the very first curve crosses off of attack. She was slightly older than what we had, and she was a top reproducer for us, you know, and he drove, he'd drive. We had a dog we named Radar Red because he drove through tornadoes in Indiana to go pick Jeez. this dog, you know, up. And so we, you know, we've had a lot of, a lot of good times, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of early morning squirrel hunts where your tree and coons, you know, we I think my brother and I have watched our dad fall more than anybody should ever watch anybody fall in their whole life. Poor <laughs> like, dad. His knees are so bad. You know, now, you know, there's no way, you know, he could get out in the woods and, and do what we did. But we had, we had a lot of fun, Yeah. you know, and then there were hard times, you mm-hmm. know, like when I went through the divorce and, you know, my parents went through a divorce and, and a lot, you know, that took a lot of wind out of our sails, yeah. you know, at well, sure. a period. And, you know, I'm grateful because, obviously, I remarried Billy, but, you know, it was still a lot to go through. And, like I oh, said, definitely. the dogs actually helped get me through that because mm. I, I decided I'm not an easy woman to deal with, you know. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of perks. I go to work. I clean kettles. I hunt. But I cook. I clean. You know, I always said, you know, I'd probably be a lot further along in this game if I had, like, a wife. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm like trying to do like take raising babies, going to stores, doing laundry, cleaning house, and then still hunting and doing all the stuff on top of it. Writing yeah. articles. I'm like, I had a wife. I'd have been a lot further in this game than I am today. But <laughs> and you know, you're writing it's articles. Just, is a,
0: that's a big thing. You, you write a lot of articles.
1: I do write a lot of articles.
0: <laughs> it's not like oh yeah, you write some little one little article here and there, and oh you're you're writing quite a few every
1: month. Well, and, you know, I actually wrote about our upcoming, you know, I had to, I always have to submit my articles a month beforehand. Mm -hmm. So the first is the deadline. And uh, I'll be honest with you, the first gets pretty close before all of a sudden I I focus. But, (laughs) you know, I was writing about our podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, how this is an offshoot from, you know, through the podcast for Steve. And I said, there's a market for all of it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I love writing the articles because if you don't have internet, if let's say the satellites go down, you got a solar flare, you know, you have the written word and people yep. like to see their pictures, you know, in magazines, people like to read the magazines. They like to hold on to that, yep. you know, and then these podcasts, there's so much information that gets put out and, you know, people can drive and they can listen to it as they're driving, you know? And yep. I mean, there's, We are very fortunate to live in an era. I mean, because you're telling me you were on squirrel dogs and all that. I remember getting dial-up internet, you know, and getting (laughs) access to the to the internet, you know, the internet for the first time ever, and getting my first computer. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, look at the what we have available to us now. You know, it's oh yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, and I think back to the people who came over. You know, the the forefathers. You know, who had all these mountain dogs and these hounds, you know, my dad always says, you know, all oh, coon hound is, is a fox foxhound that pulled up in trees, you know? And yep. Rose and I, we went to a fox tent, I guess, right before COVID. So I guess 2019, went to Grand American with her. Um, and then Terry had a foxhound thing. And so we went with him to the foxhound thing. And they actually let us in the tent during the competition, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're driving around and this, we hear this dog and he is hammered treed. And I'm like, well, he's not going to make <laughs> such of a Possum, but um, boy, giving somebody a nice coon dog, you know, yep. if they can break them off possum, because that's what he was carrying on. But uh, <laughs> it all goes back to that, you know. And they managed to keep all of this alive for us, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, and yeah, we're we, we get the we get the lazy way, like you know. I remember getting them to map the atlas out to travel to a hunt, you know, in Indiana. <laughs> looking, okay, I'm taking high you know seventy to this, and yep. So it's it's funny how things have changed. Definitely. I see it a lot in the competition too, like in the food hunting. It's right. I'll be honest with you. My pet peeve, my pet peeve is people who don't know how to call their dog and call it off the GPS. I can't stand that. I watched these kids with the Garmin and like, I was just at a big PKC youth hunt and the, mm-hmm. we didn't have a very good connection. And a kid couldn't call his dog because he didn't, his Garmin wasn't picking it up, you know? And I was old school when my kids started competition hunting. I, you know, I put the garment on there, but I said, you only pull it out if we, we got to find this dog. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know your dog, know when your dog sounds like, when it locates, when it sounds like, when it trees. Mm -hmm. And if you need the garment and you can't, we're not raising, we're not raising handlers anymore. People are just raising, you know, it's like a computer game and and I don't like that aspect of it. I like, I don't want to, I don't want us to lose our tradition, but mm-hmm. I don't want us to get lazy because we do have a lot of luxuries, oh, yeah. but it's still important to get out there and to know your dog, mm-hmm. you know, know what your dog's strengths are, know what your dog's weaknesses are. Be able to call your dog. Like even if you're pleasure hunting, you yeah. know, we pleasure hunt, we pretend it was competition hunt, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's what we did to get ready for an event. Yeah. Um,
0: now, when I first got started, now I hunted with a guy that had a Garmin, but like I said, I, I didn't have a dog. I didn't have a Garmin. So I'm out there just listening. He's watching the Garmin. He could, he can't hear very well. He's an older guy. And so a lot of times he's looking at the Garmin because he just couldn't hear his dogs. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're over there. And he's like, how do you know? I'm like, oh, I just heard them. He's he like, oh, okay.
1: Well, and you get to a certain age. Like where my father-in-law, like I know he doesn't hear certain things if I say it in a mm-hmm. certain tone. Like I have to talk louder and think, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with dogs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything, but you knew that dog, Yeah. you know, if I go on a competition cast, I'm, I'm going to know within, you know, the first 15 minutes, what all of our dogs sound like.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely a skill.
1: You know, I'd like to tell you all these, you know, exciting <laughs> hunt stories, but like, I I, I really am drawing blanks. Like
0: You've given me quite a few good stories uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me tonight. Um, I've been very interested in your dogs for years. I've followed your columns and you, you mentioned one thing about, you know, people like seeing their dog. I sent you a picture 10 years ago. I don't know. If, well, no, it's longer than 10 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. And you put it in there and i would tell you what, as, as an 18 year old kid that just got his first <laughs> dog, like I was happy as could be to see my picture of my dog in your, in your article. Well,
1: see, that makes me happy. You know, that it does. It makes me, it makes me really happy. And sometimes I always focus when I drop a ball, you know, and there's been times in life I've dropped a ball and I need to write, write about something and I'll send in the article and the pictures, and I'll be like, ah, forgot oh, that one, you know, And <laughs> you know, but I never intend to, it's never my intention, you know, to do that. So it makes me happy when I do stuff like that with you, you know, I just, the, I had a young boy who won a big PKC youth event. He said, you know, the blue tip readers wants me to write an article, you know, and I said, well, if you need my help, you know, I'll be glad to help you. You know, he's like, well, you. I'm like, I don't want you to pay me like <laughs> this is for you. Like, you know, <clears throat> if you want me to look it over, you know, when you get done, you know, whatever you need from me. I said that all I ask of you is down the line, pay it forward to a kid, Yeah, you know, be, be there for a kid, you know, be that person who's willing to help them if they, if they need something. Because, and I sound like so, so foxy and I say it all the time in my columns, like kids have so many options. Mm-hmm in life oh, yeah. and most of the kids are in front of a screen they're in front of an ipad they are not interested in going in the woods most kids nowadays i swear are vitamin d deficient i look at them <laughs> and i'm like is your skin translucent like what in the world you know like so we want to encourage children you know and like when my kids were young and i was you know taking them out with that i didn't shoot schools out in front of my kids because rose was little i didn't want her to have that Oh my gosh, we're killing stuff. You know, I wanted her to enjoy nature. I wanted her to enjoy the dog. I didn't want her to be scared of anything or grossed out by anything, you know, now down the line, you know, what she chooses to do, you know, obviously she was got heavily into the dogs and hunting, but you know, just take them out in the woods, yeah. take them for a walk with your dog while you're working your dog. We don't have to shoot things in front of them. You know, most kids have gotten in their heads that guns are bad. You know, we want to, we want to take kids out. We want to, Slowly introduce them to things. We want to make them realize that no, not all guns are bad. You know, yeah. not you know everything. Not everything is bad in this world, and and let them see what nature's all about. You know, I when I get my dogs out, you know, I just run them here on the farm. But the fact is, is you know, on this oh, I realized I had a new mulberry bush that was in bloom, or oh, my blackberries are out, or it's not a good year for my wild asparagus. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I always notice something different about the place where I live daily. Yeah, if there's so many therapeutic, you know, components to being out in nature that our world's a hot mess. And that's because people aren't outside enough. Go outside and play. That's I agree. Thing. Take a kid outside and play.
0: I agree. I've got a five year old and a two year old.
1: And I'm glad I ran your your picture of your dog when you were <laughs> 18. That makes me feel really old now. Because how old are you? 32. Yeah, I feel really old now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sorry. I did not mean to make you feel. Old.
1: It's okay. Being a grandma kind of did that. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm okay. I think every era that we're alive brings something better. You know, like in your 20s, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're establishing mm-hmm. yourself. In your 30s, I think you really start to get a grip on your your identity, your goals. My 40s were wonderful. Like life was more stable. And my 50s, you know, I'm only one year in, but I'm going to tell you it's been it's been a good one. So. Good. Yeah. You know, my dad says the seventies suck, but you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably right. That's funny. I got I got a little time. hmm Definitely. But I appreciate you sharing everything with you you know, with me about, you know, what you've followed in the mm-hmm. years with the dogs and what you've noticed. So that I always like learning from other people myself.
0: Well, no, I like I said I really appreciate taking the time. So
1: I, Well, I and I thank you for having me.
0: All right, well have a good night. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talkin' Media, and until next time, keep on talking in the timber.